Everybody, 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 drop your buff, stop, 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 Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. We are not finaleing next week. Okay, so we have 11 episodes this season. We've done 11 episodes. So they really made a whole episode for Kim Cattrall. I mean, hard to say. Uh, it, you know, but it is odd. It's a it's an odd number, quite literally. And season one was 10 episodes. Um, it, yeah, hard. You hard never to see 11 episodes on a show. Until now. Well, you never see Kim Cattrall on this show until Yeah, true. Does Glamorous have 11 episodes? Maybe it's like a Kim Cattrall thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a writer in her contract where yeah. it's like, must possess an 11th episode. It's like only red M&Ms and 11 episodes. Exactly. Okay, so it's not the penultimate episode. We've still got a couple more weeks of this, but <laughs> episode nine, there goes the neighborhood. We got quite... A bit happening in this episode. Evan, oh my god! <laughs> high level thoughts on where we're at. I thought this was a low point um, for mm. the season. I feel like not that it was like a terrible episode so much as I feel like we had a lot of momentum going from these last few episodes. I really felt like six, seven, and eight were like hitting a stride. Not to say that like all frustrations were out the window, but I really was like grooving. And I feel like this one sort of dipped in that. I mean, my top level thought would just be like, there's just way too much going on. I mean, the fact that we got this like LTW is pregnant storyline, the fact that we got this recurring bit about the dumplings from like Mm -hmm. that couple that was attending the fundraiser, it's shoehorning in so, so much while also like giving us new information about pre-existing plots. So like the fact that Naya's bathroom in her apartment is in her bedroom, like- it's just, yeah, it felt like information overload. So not a terrible episode by any means, and, and a lot for us to discuss, but I did feel like this was a dip in quality. What about okay, you? Okay, interesting. I sort of enjoyed this as a breather. Like, I thought that it was mm. nice that we weren't, because when we opened up and Carrie had already met the kids, and you know, we thought we were going to Howard's End last week. So that didn't happen. That happened off screen. And so I kind of, at first was like, oh no, so we're just like really propelling forward forward again but then actually the pace of the episode i thought in terms of like the big developments was a little bit slower like there wasn't we were taking a little bit of a breather i thought i do just have to say i was so bummed that we weren't in norfolk i understand that this show is all about sort of recognizing that lots of things happen off camera and time moves very quickly um but I thought it would have been really, really fun to have seen not only Carrie meeting Aiden's kids, but getting Carrie out of her comfort zone. And I think I mentioned to you, there's like this famous episode in season four where Carrie goes to Aiden's house in Suffern and just hates it. And the episode is sort of all about her compromising and understanding that like his wants are not her wants, but they can meet somewhere in the middle. I felt it would have been a really fun way to portray Carrie's evolution to show that the Carrie of Norfolk is much more comfortable being outside of her comfort zone and accepts things about Aiden that previously she felt she was, you know, acquiescing. Um, And now she could sort of find that same love that he had for those things. I thought there was a lot that could have been there. It reminded me, you won't know this, but in season one, there is a cut 
sort of arc uh, that was going to see Miranda following Che to Cleveland. Che had like a comedy set or something in Cleveland and the episode ends with Miranda packing her bags and getting in the car to the airport and we were like, oh my God, like Miranda's going to Cleveland and then the next episode it was like, well, last week in Cleveland and when I spoke to Michael Patrick King during our interview earlier this year, he mentioned that like that episode was cut. He didn't say why I'm going to imagine for budget reasons, um, perhaps time, but I thought this was going to finally be that. And it wasn't. Yeah. But I did sort of appreciate that some of these things that we've been a little annoyed about, like what the hell is going on with Che and their job and their job prospects and their comedy. Like that was a little bit addressed. And this sort of like situation with Che's apartment, I guess all the Che stuff sort of like, not that it moved forward, but it was actually like addressed in a way uh, and that I needed it to be addressed in. No, I guess still that. left with questions. Yeah, but I, but I, I I agree. Like, there's definitely like forward motion. I guess I continue to just wonder if the chief criticism from so many people, us included, is that this show feels like it's got too many people. The fact that we like sort of continue to dive into these characters when. When we began the show, they all sort of served a function. You know, for instance, with Che, it's like Che was was Carrie's colleague. And then Che had this love story with Miranda. When those storylines die out, it's odd for to feel like this show stays with characters whose place in the show seems to not exist. I mean, Naya being the most obvious other example where it's like, we're tying Naya into the show via being Miranda's roommate. But, like, is Miranda looking for a place? Like, does Miranda have a plan for her future? And also for us to go from, like, last episode, which was, like, all about, like, Miranda at work, re-entering the workforce, being told at episode's end that she was going to be sort of taking on this managerial role while her boss was on maternity leave, to then this episode where it's, like, a Nancy Drew meets Abvab moment with her and, and and Charlotte about the kids. I was just, I was surprised. Look, if we are going to be handing out compliments at the beginning of our episodes, oh, right, right, right. Let's do it. I have to say uh, the compliment is going to Miranda and Charlotte trying to figure out what's going on with Brady and Lily. Because I, I really liked, I loved the like watching them in the kitchen and describing all of their little like micro motions and reading into them and then switching spots and getting caught and then looking for them in the rooms. Um, I thought that that was really fun. Like it was, it was nice to see Charlotte having fun mm-hmm. a little bit. I thought it was fun and we will go to compliments in just a second, but I do feel like (laughs) Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis were rising above the writing um, in that (laughs) Like they definitely delivered, but uh, I felt like they could have been given better material because I I like what you're getting at, which is like Miranda and Charlotte teaming up together for hijinks is like a fun place to go. And it was, um, but I wasn't sure if this was like, perhaps the routes to go. But okay, let, let's start with our compliments. John, do you want let's to go first? Well, that was my compliment. Oh, that's your compliment. Your compliment. That was my compliment. My compliment <laughs> would be, are you going to be surprised? But Sarah Jessica's acting, I particularly liked that scene with Kathy, which I'll have more to say on when we get to it. But I expected Carrie to respond a very particular way, which was to sort of fight back and be like, how, you know, you don't know me, right? Like, and you weren't there when this went down. And I felt like Carrie took, similar to last episode in that moment with Seema, I feel like Carrie really listened to what was being said. 
uh, internalized uh, the emotion and then went to Aiden and said, and gave gravity to Kathy's words. And rather, like she wasn't going to Aiden and saying, your ex-wife is like pulling me aside to like, you know, start something, which is mm-hmm. like, which is a version of this scene that could have played out. And instead Carrie is like, no, Kathy came to me and brought up something which makes me think that like there's a discussion for you and I to have that in order for us to move into our future, we need to like better address our past. And I really, really like that. And I like seeing Carrie happy. That is my compliment. I want to stay on Kathy for a second because I've got something to say about And Just Like That and the universe of And Just Like That. We talked about how Kim Cattrall brought in the, and I don't remember the name, uh, brought in the stylist or wardrobe person of Sex and the City because there's a different wardrobe person on And Just Like That. And I think that part of my issue with this world is that everybody dresses the same. And it's like the fact that Kathy is wearing something or at least one layer of something that Carrie would absolutely wear doesn't make sense to me. And I've just like what I would have liked, I think what it would have made the dynamic between them really interesting would be if Kathy was dressed as a normal woman from outside of New York City. You know, like she is a sort of like a suburban woman, I have to imagine. It would be nice to see her in like regular clothes and have this conversation. And like maybe there's an ask. I mean, she's talking about having read Carrie's book and then she's a writer. Like there would have, it could have made the dynamic a little interesting if she felt that she was like plain Jane and Carrie's this larger than life figure, at least in her head. And then Carrie can show her that she's not or something like that. I just felt the styling threw off that scene for me. I completely agree with you. I completely agree. This is something that the Every Outfit podcast has brought up a lot. And I think it also occurred to me uh, during that scene with Brady and Miranda when Brady was wearing that yeah. like denim sweatshirt. And I just was like, I don't think Brady would be like dressing like Kanye West here. Like it was just very strange. And I think the other example would be Naya, that there have been times where Naya's like a professor at Columbia, which is yeah. not to say she can't have style, but in this world, which which you're saying, it's like, it, it's as though everyone is so stylish. So if everyone is stylish, then it, it sort of creates this, if the effort was to make, and just like that, feel more like the real New York than Sex and the City did, this is sort of uh, doing the opposite. And it's strange when it's like, Every single character, I mean, even Che was like in, I think like Balenciaga or Balmain at some point earlier this season. And it's just like, can anyone just dress like a normal human being? Yeah. And it just, I I think that it's- Even, hello, Aiden. Aiden in the episode seven, the entrance. I mean, that's really the the crux of the, sorry to cut you off, the the crux of the criticism besides the, you know, the the, the memes and the jokes is that like Aiden would never be wearing something so fashion-y. Yeah. And- It's the uniformity of the fashion that, you know, you can see that. Sorry, what is Miranda's kid's name? Brady or Brayden? Brady. Brady. Okay. I keep getting it wrong. Um, That Brady is is wearing this hoodie thing. It's like it's like that could be worn by Che. Like, do you know what I mean? And so there's something to the uniformity that's just it really takes me out of it sometimes. Yeah. You can really see that there is one wardrobe stylist and they've got a taste yeah can i tell you why brady's name is brady yeah sure so steve's last name is brady 
And okay. so Brady became Brady Hobbs. They took Steve's last name and made oh. it Brady's first name and took Miranda's last name, made it Brady's last name. So yeah, Brady Hobbs. Isn't that sweet? Yes. Yeah, now sweet. I'll never forget it. I can't believe that like, unless, I mean, I, I, you know, two more episodes left, but like, where is Steve, you know? Yeah. And because there was a mention about the bar, right? Like I yes. thought, oh, oh, we're going to get that bar scene. What I feel like we really missed out on earlier this season, I think you even mentioned this perhaps at some point, is like a Brady, excuse me, not Brady, a Steve, Che, Miranda scene, or like something with Steve and Che meeting. I almost need a scene where Brady's working the bar and Che comes in to have a drink because, you know, their life is falling apart. And then Steve comes in the bar to check on the bar and check on Brady and like starts chatting with Che, not realizing who Che is. Oh, could you imagine? Like, there's just, I just feel like there's, like, we keep sort of poking fun or criticizing, whatever you want to say, like, the amount of characters in this world. But, but like, if we're going to have this many characters, I think we can find more creative solutions to having them around. For instance, with Miranda, like, the, the frustration being that Naya's bathroom is in her room is so very odd when it could have just been, like, they're fucking in the bathroom and Miranda needs, like they're, they're so hot on each other. They have to fuck all over the apartment or Miranda finds a used condom in her bed. Like there's, there's so many ways to go with this storyline that Next to the hot more lips. logic <laughs> on the nightstand. You are stuck on those hot lips. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just was sort of, I, I, I remain perplexed. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk. Let's talk Seema a little bit. Our, our, our favorite girl. Look, uh, like, I, I've seen what you wrote about the umbrella scene. I, I don't know if you've been ruminating on that a little more since we last discussed it. <laughs> what if I was like, no, that I wrote that stuff all fake. <laughs> I have, I have, I have. I watched that scene quite a bit. Um, decided to write, I was inspired to write like an Instagram caption about it. And then like there was the comment section was so added so much more to my thoughts that I was like, oh, I have even more thoughts about this. But yeah, I do, I think that scene was really special. I think it was a big moment for the, like, Seema's value to this show. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that we're here fast forwarding three weeks or something, which she's still showing the director some apartments, which it seems to me he would just want to settle down and like, let's get to work on this movie. We were only here for several months, right? Um, But there, she's showing him this apartment, and it, it it's not that he can't find the right place. It's just that he he ha- has to be around Seema. Yeah, but like this Marvel movie is not gonna make itself. So I'm really <laughs> curious. Like this this man just has all the time in the world, all the time, uh, no stress whatsoever. Um, and, and like. I f- from <laughs> I wish I could remember his last name. I was gonna say from the twisted mind of Robbie, whatever his last name is, mm-hmm. uh, comes the lust for Sima, and they end up banging in this apartment that she's showing him while the other realtors like on the property. Um, but here we've got finally a little little love interest for Sima. Things things are really turning around since that umbrella scene outside the salon because now she's talking about marriage. And now it's like, if only they'd kept the Hamptons no rental. No kidding. We could have done a couple's trip. Yes, which would have been fantastic. They could have really gone into Nepal Kapow some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know who that realtor was? No. 
So that's Ryan Serhant. He is of Million Dollar Listing fame on Bravo. And so it's interesting because we had like a Bethany Frankel reference earlier this season. We have Ryan Serhant showing up. It's just very... And then also, wait, there was also that moment where uh, Seema says that something is too Bravo TV when uh, when Frank Carrier at the Apple store. So there's this weird sort of like Bravo fascination in the writer's room, which I feel like is a little... One on the nose, but I just feel like I don't like the women event just like that feel too, in my mind, too sophisticated for Bravo. But it's funny to me that they were like decided to bring in Ryan Serhant. What if they take a who goes to my gym? <laughs> oh, mm. you saved that for the end, buried the lead on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what if they take a traitor's approach to this season? And episode 11 is actually a reunion where everyone's in character and it's hosted by Andy Cohen. Uh, hey, I mean, well, Andy and Sarah Jessica are best friends in real life. So oh I go, yeah, there's a thread there. But you know what? It's interesting because it makes me think about, you know, the Survivor players going on the White Lotus and the fact that there's like this mm-hmm. organic tie in, which is like Mike loves Survivor. Mike's played on Survivor. He knows these contestants. I'm all about and just like that. Like, for instance, if Lisa Kudrow were to show up on and just like that, not even as Valerie, but just like as a character, I would be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. She's in the Michael Patrick Kingiverse, which, by the way, there should be a Michael Patrick Kingiverse. Um, but yeah, I just don't really understand the Bravo tie. And I also, from what I know of Michael Patrick King, he does not strike me as a Bravo fan. But what I do know of the writer's room uh, because of this podcast, which I've not yet listened to and I can't wait, um, I do know that they've got some Bravo fans in the room. Mm. Did the realtor play himself or was he playing a character? I think he was playing himself, but that's the funny thing is like, there was never explicitly making either of that known. Uh. So on the one hand, it's like, you think it's like an Easter egg for Bravo fans, but like you want some sort of like, him referencing Frederick or like something that tells you, yeah, that that part was unclear. Okay. Let's touch down on Naya. I don't know if you have anything more to say about her. It's oh, I, I, it's getting embarrassing at this point. Yeah. It's weird. Um, they relegated her to her bedroom. It's get the her world is come becoming smaller and smaller on and just like that. And it just was one of those things. I mean, first of all, I do want to give like a shout out. I do think Karen Pittman is like doing the best she can. And I don't mean that in a, derog- in a derogatory way. Like, I mean, like, I think she's doing the best she can with this material. And there is a really funny tweet that Karen Pittman responded to last week where someone was being shady and, like, tweeted, like, do the writers know that, like, Karen Pittman is, like, on this show? And then someone responded being like, I believe that she was sharing responsibilities between this show and filming The Morning Show. And then Karen Pittman, and, and Karen was not added in any of this. And then Karen Pittman hopped on whatever Twitter is now referred to as and responded by saying um, that that is true, that she was in fact having to film the morning show. So there is some understanding that like her her availability was limited this season. That is not an excuse though for this writing. I just feel like we've made no strides whatsoever. And then this episode derails everything that happened with the souffle Valentine's Day and the messaging of like, she's gonna be okay, like her single, she can do things on her own. And now it's like they give her the seed of this plot, which is supposed to be like, now she can have her souffle, like she's stepping it up from the souffle and it's like, now she could full on like fuck and like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like have her souffle and eat it too and fuck too. Um, and then for this to happen, it was just like, 
so are, so we're just it's like that. It reminds me of the SEMA plot this episode. As great as it is that Ravi is here, wasn't the whole conversation last episode, which I did mention this, sort of the idea of like, you've had t- two great loves, I've had none, and I might not. And so I feel like the show like continues to like present this stuff and then be like, but never mind. Yeah, totally. And the fact, like, I really didn't need the girl with the hat to be coming back. And now she's in the Instagram with Andre Rashad. Andre Rashad. And Heidi with the hat. Heidi with the hat is now like, 10 months pregnant and an Instagram post, which, by the way, the likes were hidden. Uh, and, and like, well, do we need that? Because like, I, I just, one, I don't know where we're going with Naya, period. And now to retread this old storyline that I, I just, I didn't need that to come back. And like, she can still, if the point is to keep her depressed or like, kick her while she thinks she's up, but she's actually down again. Uh, I feel like there was ways that we could do that while still sort of advancing her story because this hasn't been a part of her life for the past eight episodes. Right, like I wanted the plotline, and again, I'm not trying to be here to rewrite, but like the idea that like she starts off fucking this guy, he develops feelings, he wants to like hang, and she's like, I can't move forward, I can only fuck, and then sees the fact that Andre Rashad is in this relationship and, and then like there's some tension there um but yeah i just wasn't i I, feel, I can't help but feel bad for for this character and then also like that random scene of like miranda with the bathroom uh, lack of logic mm-hmm. aside i was like this tethering this character this show miranda being her roommate simply it just doesn't work yeah well hopefully miranda's moving into carrie's new apartment I was wondering, because there's that throwaway joke that Miranda makes, but I was like, in all seriousness, come on now. They could all move in. That would be fun. Like a golden, uh, what's the, you know, the sequel series to Golden Girls, where they all moved into that hotel? No. uh, Golden. (laughs) I don't know that one. The Golden Palace. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, let's do the Golden Palace. Yeah, I mean, how fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, yeah, nothing more to say about Naya. Maybe we can touch down on Lisa Todd Wexley since that's a, a another brief storyline where she uh, has her documentary. It's still, it's growing new legs <sighs> and we're going to make a series on PBS. And so she's very busy writing a treatment for that. Where is also- her team? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the thing. This is the thing that's strange to me is that she's working on these like really sort of like it seems like highly independent sort of niche project. Well, project. I shouldn't say projects. She's got the one documentary that I know of, uh, and now it's getting potentially picked up by PBS. And so, like PBS isn't that's not a rich company. Uh, so, uh, so she's sort of like you know putting it out, but you know she's doing informational documentary so it's a it seems like a good fit for her uh but she is like working at all hours of the night she's by all accounts absolutely loaded perhaps the richest of all of them uh but we don't know carrie's net worth and uh here she is just like working like a dog to the point where she's sleeping at all hours of the day she's not sleeping at night uh, but then she's also pregnant bum 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 which like, is it possible? I don't know the age of this character. I, I, I mean, anything's possible. It could be a medical miracle. It just feels like that plot you throw in when you don't know what to do with someone where you're like, because this show, it's like, 
it obviously we've done death, so it's like they can't do well. Also, in the case of Lisa, her dad was dead last season and then was brought back to life this season. But it <laughs> there's just, another it's medical like, miracle. Yeah, there you go. It's like everything but the kitchen sink. That yeah. was odd. Also, what were, where were her kids this episode? It's literally the party is like for Herbert and Charlotte's got Brady there. Uh, excuse me, Miranda's got Brady there. Charlotte's got Lily and Rock. Where were the kids? Mm. It's just this thing of like they want to have this like expansive universe. Where was um uh what's the girl? The, yeah, the, totally. Uh, like Bryler, Baylor. Yes, Baylor Wilson. Yeah, no, but um, but no, but seriously, uh, Baxter. Baxter. Uh, where was Baxter? No, but seriously, it's like where were LTW's kids? They should probably be at this very important event. But yeah, the the Pride and Storyline. I Wouldn't don't know. It'd be great if like Baxter was at the event, and was getting text messages with notifications on during the speech <laughs> or something. Like that would have been a good moment. Let's yeah. develop Baxter. Um, but no, I I, I don't know the LTW. Uh, I guess. So how? I mean, she does have small children. Right. I mean, she's got like like they were they're in school. But like, I feel like one of them's four or something. Doesn't she have a toddler that runs around? I don't think so. I feel oh, like okay. her daughter's like seven or eight. <laughs> okay. I'm just, it, it just strikes me as odd to give a character, like, I don't know. She's, I don't know how old she is. She's not an old woman, but it is surprising to me that she's pregnant. And it seems like the way that she's saying it, that it's a bit of a surprise. So I would be, I'm sort of like doubting that there's sort of like fertility treatments going on to help this along. It yeah, just seems no. like an odd character art to give somebody on sex, or not sex in the city, but to give someone on and just like that. Right. Also, if she has not yet gone through menopause, you would think that Herbert would have had a vasectomy realizing that they're clearly having, I mean, I'm assuming they're having unprotected sex. And so this is one of the, I don't want to, not risks, but side yeah, effects. I mean, this, this is what happens <laughs> when couples have unprotected sex. So this wouldn't be out of bounds for them. So I'm just, yeah, I need some sort of explanation. I am curious to dive into the writer's room podcast to get a better understanding of what they were thinking with this, but I also feel oh, like Oh, you know what? I bet this happened to one of the writers. I was going to say, I feel like this is, or no, I feel like there's a friend, but I feel like this is one of those plot lines that, in their mind, this carries her, this is her season three plot line, right? It's like yeah. her balancing motherhood times four, work, and her husband, and I don't know, is that an interesting place to go with LTW? I, I vote no, but I don't know. She's going to have to get a whole new walk-in closet for the maternity wear. Truly. Should we talk Charlotte and Miranda, perhaps? Yeah. So I, I do want to touch down on the walk-in talk with Miranda and Brady earlier in the episode. Yeah. Um, It's been discussed at nauseum on here. We talked about it on Shut Up Evan, but there's this sort of like, the, you know, what people are calling, uh, I know Andrew, uh, excuse me, uh, every outfit calls it the doofusification of Miranda. Uh, yeah, there's the assassination of Miranda. And I know Michael Patrick addressed it in my interview talking about the fact of like, you know, you, meaning us, the viewers, we have our idea of Miranda, but like that is not Miranda. Like they, the writers, control Miranda. Uh, sure. Um, but this whole scene, the particular dialogue where Miranda says, math has always been your subject. Brady says, mom, you've got to back off. And she says, I know, I know, I'm sorry, I will. The Miranda Hobbs that I know is not backing down. Like, she is his mother, and it's and, and not only that, she's Miranda of all people. 
she has more autonomy here. Obviously, she can't control entirely what he does, but he's under her roof, so she actually can control quite a bit. And the fact that she's just such a pushover with Brady, I'm like, Miranda, wake up. Stop eating the garlic chocolate chip cookie. Push back on these things that you don't want from life. That's like, that, that attribute in me, I learned from you. I just want to shake her sometimes and just being like, stop being so like gushy when it's like, he's being, it's not okay. Like she has aspirations for her son and that's perfectly okay. And it doesn't mean he has to go to Chile or wherever she went, I forget, but like wherever. Costa Rica. Costa Rica, okay. That's not, it doesn't have to do that. But like her point is that I want you to do something with your life and that is very valid. And it's okay for her to like not be sweet in her disposition when having a discussion like that, especially one that's going to impact his entire future. I just don't understand how we went from that scene to the rest of the plot just being like, Miranda, the hijinks of like, are Brady and Lily fucking when there is this huge cloud over Miranda right now, which is that first of all, her marriage is imploded. Then the new relationship that she'd entered into also imploded. The one thing she has right now is like, you know, the consistent thing is her son. And the fact that he is sort of sabotaging his own future should be something that like, I don't think Miranda just like gets out of mind, out of sight so quickly. Yeah, and it's also, like, remember the reason that she is back in New York, which was that Brady had this uh, breakup that affected him so badly that he called her and said he was feeling suicidal. Yes. And so I expect Miranda to go into mama bear mode and, like, micromanage his life to ensure that this isn't going to happen again. Instead, she's sort of, like, giddily trying to figure out if he's hooking up with Lily, which... I feel like it, you know, if I were more, and I'm not saying this would be the case for everybody, if I, but if I'm Miranda, I'm like, you, you want to be really careful watching your son get into another relationship, especially with somebody that he's known all his life, who's like a little flighty, like Lily, and uh, you don't want him to get hurt in that way again. And so she's found this great program in Costa Rica that she can send him to, and it's going to set up his future. And so like, she should be buying the ticket and putting him on the plane. Like, that's what I would imagine from somebody in this situation, even not knowing Miranda from Sex in the City. Right. Absolutely. I also want to touch down on that scene at Chipotle. <laughs> Just super duper odd. I do want to, let's first touch down on Miranda's order just to get Yeah, So we've got means. two steak tacos, then Miranda makes the last minute switch up to plant-based thing, as she refers to it, then adds guacamole, salsa, and cheese, no rice. A decent order. I was under the impression- Now, wait a see- second, because the first thing she says is corn. Oh. Which is interesting because I was like, Corn is something that you add towards the end of the Chipotle line. Right. I thought maybe she meant corn tacos. Like as corn, the, like the corn shell as opposed to the oh, flour. Oh, yeah, you're right. She probably did. I okay. think that. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I don't, never get this I, I thought a Chipotle order was three tacos. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> so she just like forego the second taco. I didn't even know that you could the get the shells, to be honest. Can you get the shells at Chipotle? You can get the shells, yeah. Oh, I've never had the shells. Okay, so they're then not that's crunchy. what she was asking for. That's I gotta tell you, for. like, I fucking hate Chipotle. Oh my god, I fucking I will love Chipotle. I will never go there again. Ever. Why? Why? Did you I have a bad just, experience? There's something about the room temperature... <laughs> 
like of the food, like just feeling like food that's meant to be hot at room temperature is a huge pet peeve of mine. And there's just something about like all of those, ing- oh, I don't know. It's like, I can taste it right now. I don't like the brown bag. I don't like how oversized the brown bag is compared to what's in there. I don't like the tin foil base thingy and the way that it's shaped. I don't like anything about Chipotle. Chipotle is like, like if there was a Chipotle near my house, I would probably have it once a week. Well, that's on you. I adore Chipotle. I don't adore the experience of ordering at Chipotle. Like I find that really obnoxious and they're always like kind of messy, but God, I love a Chipotle. Well, I'll get the burrito. The only thing I haven't had is the tacos. That's the only thing I haven't had because like you look at them and yeah, there's three, but they're small. And I'm like, no, when I think Chipotle, I think like a massive amount of food. When I think Chipotle, I think. And then, so this is what I'm confused is that she's like, she orders the steak and then she goes, no, let's go for the plant-based stuff. And so I don't know if what she's talking about is just because then you can get the sort of like green peppers and onions. No, no, no. They have a plant-based. They have like a, like a beyond meat sort of situation. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So then we have this beat of Charlotte not ordering. And she says that she lost her appetite I feel like there's something not being addressed here connected to last uh-huh. episode's plot line around Charlotte's disordered eating. Obviously, we got her eating the brownie when she came home and getting high from two episodes ago, but they came there to have lunch. I, I, again, I don't think this line was written to be any sort of reference no. to this. I, think I don't this think so either. Literally meant to be like she lost her appetite at the thought of her child and Miranda's child fucking. But I did just think it was like a strange bit. And then they like did the cut to like the Chipotle workers reaction as like a comedic beat. But like, I didn't really get the joke. Like, no, well, the joke was that they were talking about teenagers having sex at full volume, actually louder than full volume at Chipotle in front of the. I think on a show that in its first season had the four women in the back of a cab talking about anal sex and having this great shot of the cab driver turning around and telling Carrie that she can't smoke in the cab and Carrie Carrie saying, we're having a discussion about up the butt, this requires a cigarette. I think that show, this being like where we've landed, like we've lost some magic. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. It needed to be like Miranda having a full, or Miranda or Charlotte having a full on breakdown in the Chipotle. Like it just, it's it's like, it it needed to go bigger. And I think that was my overall note with the Miranda Charlotte thing. I'm into this show sort of doing, like, you know, we had that Harry plot line when he like showed up at the Ralph Lauren shoot with the disguise like this show attempts to do broad comedy and i and while i don't think it does it successfully i'm not i'm not opposed to it but i feel like it's got to go bigger yeah i agree i mean certainly if you're going to have this comedic beat where because like there there were some things in the conversation that were uncomfortable and that certainly these ladies attracts to me that they are not aware of their surroundings and sort of like tempering their conversation to the people that are listening to them because they are the main characters of their own stories um and it's nice to have these moments where like a regular person is like what the fuck are these what what is up with these ladies um but I don't think it has any. <laughs> it is funny that it comes at the end of this this whole thing of like 
Miranda ordering and Charlotte not ordering and that coming on, you know, the heels of her disordered eating and her body image issues, which like, if that's where this went, this is the most brilliant thing these writers have done. (laughs) But like, obviously, if that's where this was going, it would be shoved in our face a lot harder than than what we got you want the like chipotle worker to like chime in at the end and be like ma'am they're definitely fucking yeah yeah like you just need some beat where it's like if we're going to have this conversation with a third party the third party has to feel the autonomy to get involved. has to be like be for fucking real lady yeah, yeah. i just found it odd that like this show which like typically doesn't touch down on identifying like the places it's at like so many of the restaurants this season are just a restaurant Mm -hmm. it's not like the original series where it would be like oh my god they're at like balthazar or like well this show it's like i never know where they are they are always just at a restaurant a dine not even a diner anymore just a restaurant and so for them to go to chipotle something that's so recognizable felt just like whiplash of like is this the fantasy show where it carries this mega mega millionaire that you know where all these apartments are so big and spacious or is it the show that where they eat lunch at Chipotle. I mean, it's product placement, no? I don't think so. Come on. Also, you're telling it, me they're going to Chipotle of their own volition. You're telling me that, and just like that, and Max struck a deal with Chipotle. Yeah, I don't think so. It makes huh. no sense from a brand. I, I mean, okay, well, let's. I'm. I mean, I just don't see any other reason they're at Chipotle. Yeah, you I go mean, to your I don't New York see any City. You go why, to like, like, go to, like a cool burrito taco place. Like, you don't uh, go to Chipotle if yeah. you're these ladies. I just think the writers thought that they were like, oh, where would Miranda and Charlotte go now that they're back in the workforce? They would go to Chipotle <laughs> on their break. I'm wondering if they if they get into this on the writers uh, writers room pod. I'll I'll report back next week. Okay. Um. But anyway, I, yeah, I was a little perplexed uh, by the Chipotle and I know what this scene is trying to do with like the walk and talk where it's like, well, this, the, the walk and order. Um, I have to know because, so it's been a few weeks since the last episode. At this point, Charlotte's, you know, first paycheck is going to be coming in. I don't know if she's getting paid by the hour or if it's a commission. Maybe it's a commission. She works at a gallery. I need to know sort of like how the workplace is going. All we know is that she's staying late, which like Harry's got some problem with that I don't understand, like grow up. Uh, And I I need to know how it's going for Charlotte. Like we got, again, and for Miranda, to be honest, because like last week was big on Miranda in the workplace and she's got these fellow interns who really have a grudge against her. Now suddenly she's in a supervisor position above them. No follow-up on like how that's going because it seemed like we were setting up for the next day is going to be bad for Miranda, but she's taking calls in the hoteling station at work. And uh, you would think that like those ladies are, are like, listening in and being like, she's taking personal calls. She's taking personal calls. Uh, but that's not being followed up on. And, you know, Charlotte was uh, very, very uncomfortable going into work last week because uh, she felt uh, very, like a very, very large woman in a very small woman's world. Um, and here she Until here she, she met she another is. large woman. <laughs> Here's... Here she is, uh, just at work, staying late. But we don't know how it's going for her. Like, is is there any struggle getting back into the swing of things? I mean, she's she's selling art, she's dealing art. I don't know what she's doing. Like, I don't know what the role is exactly, mm-hmm. and I don't know how she's doing in it. And I would like to touch down on that. 
as opposed to say like touchdown on whether the kosher caterer is serving pork seven times throughout the episode. Yeah. Also, it was odd because the way they introduced this plot line last episode was that everyone, Harry and her kids, were in full support of this. So to introduce this plot line where like Harry thinks that she's having an affair because she's staying till like 7.30, again, it like it undoes all the work that they did in the last episode of painting it to be that like everyone is in full support. It's just Charlotte that needs to take the leap. That like yeah. the thing holding her back is her own idea rather than a reality. And this episode presented like a reality that like like something that would hinder her from going back into the workforce is Harry like like calling her out for not being at home to make dinner when it's like no 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 this was mentioned last episode and we had a workaround all the kids were like yeah that's totally fine we'll be eating on our own no guilt mom we want you back at work yeah I would like to talk about Che because I've got. Some answers, but I've got more questions. So Che is working at the veterinary clinic. And someone comes in who has found a box of kittens left by their apartment. And they say, look, can you help with this box of kittens? And they're told, this is a clinic, not a shelter. So what the hell was Che doing dropping off a stray dog there? How about that? So I think I have an answer. Okay. <laughs> I believe that Che was not supposed to drop the dog off and that the Judy made an exception in that instance. I think that oh. was, I think that was that was that addressed. Stated? Oh, okay. I, I, I okay. think that was addressed in the episode. Okay. So, okay. So there's one thing addressed. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Toby, who found the kittens, Starts to flirt with Che. Hey, you look like Che Diaz, my favorite comedian. You got some shows coming up? Oh, yeah, I've got some shows coming up. Oh, great. So yeah, well, let's, let's, hey, let's uh, give me a call sometime. Great. And you know what? On second thought, you can leave the box of kittens here. What? So Che is now carting around a box of kittens, trying to pawn them off on their friends, including Carrie, who, like, thank God she got that. Great big house, because th- there's not enough room for Carrie and a kitten in that apartment. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with these kittens. Like, it makes me a little nervous for the kittens. I don't, think then, che, I don't think Che had the well-being of the kittens in their mind. No. And then we get this, like, attempt at, like, connective tissue where Che brings the kittens over to Carrie's. And then Carrie's like, I don't want these kittens. Well, and- no. But wait, because this is important. Che okay. only brings one kitten to Carrie's. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're right. So where are the other kittens? Good question. Do you think Che att- do you think Che attempted to give one to BD across the pond? <laughs> or what about what about the ex? Which ex? Their ex-husband. Where is their ex-husband? Ah, uh, that's a great question because he had a big role for a moment. He was just moving Lyle. Che into that apartment, right? Yeah, Lila Crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> la, Lyle, la, la, yeah. la, la. the soho house barista if everything if memory serves with all the bracelets okay but then so then che brings the one kitten over to the apartment and then attempt then then that is used it's carrie carrie's like i then they do like the uh transitioning of plots where it's like carrie's like i can't give this kitten without a home a home because i've got an aiden without a home which then spins us back into the aiden carrie plot where you have Che 
doing once again what they did last episode by being like, what's the deal with the two of you? Which allows Carrie to sort of have that that admission of like her presenting, uh, her being like, I understand why, why Aiden can't come back here because a lot of shit went down here. But like, I feel like we had that beat last episode when she yes, but them. you know what? I did appreciate Che being like, uh, like without saying it, being like, "This is crazy." You realize that, like, that he really can't. Like, how bad was it that he couldn't? He can't step foot in this apartment. I did sort of like Che calling out that situation as far as it's actually going to get called out. I think on the show, I could have used a flashback. Oh, I could have used a flashback. If anybody could have used a flashback, you could have used a flashback. <laughs> But yeah, look, the the Carrie and Aiden situation uh, started weird because Aiden's talking to everybody in the lobby and Carrie's like, don't talk to those plebs. Like, we're, we don't want to be talking. We're invisible here. And uh, lo and behold, Aiden's nice guy attitude is getting Che in big shit with the building management. Now, what can the management do? I mean, Che is sort of like leasing that apartment, right? Yes, but can't Che just add... Carrie and Aiden to like the lease. Like you're allowed to yeah. have guests. Like yeah, and hey, if che- if Chase in financial distress, like it's only going to help to add Carrie to the lease. Yeah, so just a-, a little odd. But we were treated to Aiden in his underwear um, at the start of the episode, yes, we which I think is a sight for some eyes. And Wyatt. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god! We got that a white FaceTime. That was the highlight of the episode. Oh, okay. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like this like mini subplot of like I like this is something I would love to explore, which I will never explore. But I just love the idea that Aiden has this fourteen-year-old son that just like is not into Carrie, and I just like the idea of Carrie and, like, a, a teenage boy in 2023 and, like, how that would... Like, that interaction alone to me... And I felt like they did a really good job of, like, just creating that 10-second beat, which I found really satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I just... I like... Yeah, I like the idea of Carrie and, and teens. Yeah, it's fun to have your main character who is sort of, like, presented as untouchable. Yeah, Carrie's had some disputes but and you could take somebody else's side but you know this is our protagonist you're not usually shown them in a situation where you know there's there's like significant conflict where somebody doesn't like them and it's like sort of like deep-seated reasons not that why it has deep-seated reasons but you know it's, it's a little personal and so to have somebody react to our main character like i want to talk to you is right. like that's a fun spicy element to the show Yeah, without question. And I could use more of that. And like, to your point, it would have been really fun to see that play out at Aiden's, whatever that was, country house. Also, just in contrast to like LTW's kids and Brady and Lily and Rock, I felt like this was like a new dimension of like teen that was Mm -hmm. more in line with what I think actual teens act like. Yeah, because you get a little bit of that with Lily and Rock. But like at the end of the day, they are like a big happy family. Yeah, you get a little bit of sass. But it's not it's not real teen sass. Yeah, yeah. Where this felt like real teen sass. Where it was like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, don't talk to me. Where Lily and Rock are like more than happy to have a they'll, they'll criticize their parents, but they're more than happy to sit and have a conversation. But like so many, especially like preteens, early teens, they don't even want to talk 
that they don't want to have the conversation they don't want to be seen with etc so uh, it's fun to have that element but this is getting serious for carrie so if aiden's not going to step foot in carrie's apartment she's got to find somewhere new and as you teased last week she's calling up Seema to find a new apartment and wow does she find one fast she finds one way faster than robbie i'll tell you that and uh, it's absolutely stunning, and it seems like she's got all the time in the world to make an offer on it. Yeah, I was. Confused. She's the only interested buyer. When she brought in Miranda and Charlotte, they come into like the main room. They don't step foot in the kitchen. They don't go upstairs. They don't take a gander at the bathroom. I felt like there was a lot more apartment that needed to be seen besides yeah. this great sunlit room. Um, I think it was inevitable that Carrie was going to leave that apartment, the moment that Aiden would not set foot in there. I guess my question is in there, it seems like we're getting a happy ending with Aiden and Carrie. I guess I'm just curious what his long-term plan is. Like, is it going to be Carrie's apartment and he is just going to come every other week when he doesn't have the kids? Um, If the, Carrie was like, well, the kids could come up, but like the kids are in school. Um, And so like, sure, perhaps during the summer, but that's also like a big ask to then have, you know, four flight tickets, four uh, tickets uh, for the plane, you know, the plane. And then, just, I don't know. It's just like, this seems really complicated and it's not impossible, but I do feel like it would be great for them to like acknowledge the complexities of them being back together beyond just like the emotional complexities of like reconciling their past where it's like, Carrie has this very single person lifestyle that she's accustomed to. And Aiden comes with a lot of baggage. He's got an ex-wife and three kids and lives in a different city. And I think it's important that that sort of, that that creates some tension that the show's not addressing. And I don't know if Aiden is independently wealthy. I mean, he's got... Well, he sold the furniture company to West Elm. So I would imagine that's a big payout. How big? Well, it doesn't actually exist in real life. Uh, West Ham does not acquire <laughs> furniture companies. But I have to imagine in the world of this show, it was like an unprecedented deal. Oh, God. Really okay, see, that that's frustrating. Because what we need, I think, is... I recognize this is a show about rich people and Che. But it's frustrating to see this play out because it's like... If a, if a couple, a new couple, yeah, sure, they knew each other before. But they're still relatively young in this current state of their relationship. And one of them is forcing the other out of the home that they've lived in since the 90s. And they have to buy this new place. Carrie is has to be far more wealthy, I would think, than Aiden. There is a conversation here to be had of like, okay, so you're going to buy this place. Is it our place? Is my name on the mortgage? Is there a mortgage? Is Carrie paying cash? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, is my name on the, the title here? And what happens in the event that this doesn't work out, right? We do have that conversation of like, look, we're going to hurt each other and this is going to be messy, but like, let's make it work. There has to be a conversation of how is all of this going to work out logistically? I know not all of that is the most interesting TV, but I think some of that could come up. And I think money would be a really interesting topic to explore, especially with Carrie, who is looking at this apartment and still considering whether or not she's keeping her old apartment. 
So my only pushback would be, I feel like we've done the finance plot with Miranda and Steve on Sex and the City of like him being uncomfortable, him not having as much money of her as her and him being uncomfortable by it and then ultimately breaking up because of it. I also feel like one of Carrie's boyfriends on season six of the show, Burger, they also had a little bit of like, mm. he she brought him to a Prada store and wanted him to buy a shirt for the premiere and he's like, I can't afford this. And I like that. So like, I feel like it's, we've, we've, been on this path before I think the for me like what didn't land was we have Carrie move out of that apartment um in was it the they move into the new apartment in the film um when her and big move into the big apartment then we are at that apartment uh in and just like that episode one big dies and we have like this big plot line of like Carrie returning home they make such a big thing of like Carrie back at the apartment so then the next season for us to like make a big thing of like Carrie leaving the apartment, it's like Carrie's only been back at that apartment for a year. It's not as though this is the historic apartment that Carrie has been in for 25 plus years that she's now closing the door on. She closed the door on this apartment many years ago and then went back. I feel like there's this thing and I feel like this is a theme on this show where it's like, they do a thing and then they like either undo it or like do it again and like think it's going to have the same impact. And it's like, I, cause I, that scene in season one, when she turns the keys back into the apartment was incredibly affecting. Cause it was mm. just like, that's the apartment from the show. She's back to herself. I don't think you get the same beat out of her leaving said apartment a year later. Yeah, I hear you. I also would have liked a scene. So we had that ending scene, well, second second to last ending scene, where Aiden is leaving, right? And he's like, they're really excited. They're in love. They have this conversation. Look, we're going to have this relationship. And it's going to be all the things that a relationship is. But I really have to go get my flight. And there's this great, uh, like, before sunset moment where she sort of, like, keeps them. And it's very, like, uh, uh, in before sunset where it's, like, baby, you're going to miss that flight. And I kind of wish that he had missed the flight, but he doesn't. And so there could have been a moment there where Carrie, he takes off and Carrie's left alone in this big empty apartment. Mm. So like he does live in another city. He's got work there. He's got family there. I am going to be alone in this massive place that I'm buying for us and our new life together. And there could have just been a moment of like, Eh, is this moving too fast or like am I comfortable with this and do I want to be in this new situation all because of this guy but I see that they're throwing Carrie like fully with the love goggles on into the deep end yeah I don't know I mean I miss the apartment um I guess also that beat with Lisette outside the apartment was was what we were to glean from that that Carrie was going to give Lisette her apartment I thought so, but then it, she didn't. Yeah, then it was she like, all right, it. well, have a good one. I thought, see, that's where I thought we were going to get, that I was like disappointed I didn't get that moment I wanted with Carrie in the big empty apartment. Then she goes back and I thought she was going to be like, mm, you know what? Why don't I give this to Lisette so I still have it. Right. Just as a backup. But no, she's like, Seema, let's go. But it's also like, Lisette lost all of that jewelry. It's like, can she still afford this apartment? What's What's going on there? Um, I thought it was funny that she, <laughs> did we know that the set was subletting from gay guys specifically? No, but I'd like to meet the gay guys. Tracks. I do have to run. So I was I was gonna say I was gonna check down I, on the Anthony Giuseppe. Yeah. I don't think we need to, other than to say like 
I don't I don't get this. Um, they don't yeah. have chemistry together, despite like every effort to give them chemistry. The green card moment was not only like cringy, but like completely didn't land because well i just fully thought that like that was something anthony was making up right but to, also where was that to be concern? like i'm uncomfortable with like maybe the looks disparity like i feel like i'm i feel like i'm less than and right I'm but instead it was like, like a dignified no, plot he fully thought green card which like how do you not know that you were his employer exactly exactly <laughs> um but just this idea that like giuseppe went from like being so not disgusted but like like basically like everything the way that Anthony found him and treated him in that early episode and now we flip to this episode and it's like Giuseppe is like all in with Anthony and Anthony's the one reserved and then also Anthony like fired him originally because he wanted to fuck him and then like basically as soon as like they finally have the all clear in some sense to fuck then we're doing a plot line where it's like Anthony doesn't fuck him I'm like, I just like doesn't, I just, I don't understand. And it's, it's incongruous to the Anthony that we yeah. know who would totally be fucking him. If anything, it would be in like the steam room. Yeah. would be anyway. But I, I don't know. The fact that he like has stayed around, the fact that we're giving Giuseppe scenes with Carrie, I'm like, <laughs> my God. Uh, okay. Anything else before, before we wrap this up? Right. We didn't talk about Carrie and Kathy really, but. The, uh, the only thing I have to say is that when when Kathy sits down with Carrie, she says, I'm sure you're really busy, which like, so she doesn't know anything about Carrie. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's free. Um, <laughs> Carrie's got it all the time. On the didn't wall. know what Kathy was doing in New York. I totally agree with you about the costuming. I thought the scene was affecting. I think the music did a lot of work in this scene. Um, I wanted more from this scene in terms of like length, because all of a sudden like, Carrie's like, mm-hmm. do we have to go up there to order? And then I was like, oh, like, we're getting a whole second part of this scene and we didn't um so i felt like this scene was like put in the place to like serve a very specific purpose and i think it served that purpose but i do think there was room for them to have something more than just so let's talk about aiden yeah but anyway um emoji okay meme cap emoji kitten oh that's cute i think there's several options i like the little orange cat that's standing okay but you know what i'll let people have freedom with that and there you have it. All right. There you have it. And just like that, episode nine wrapped. We will be back next week with episode 10, which is not the finale. So we've got two more weeks of And Just Like That. If you enjoyed this, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us at Drop Your Buffs Pod on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.